My next guest needs no introduction. Lisa Fancified Francoeur is a motivational speaker as well as an empowerment and resilience consultant. In this conversation, we tap into our inner genius through what Lisa calls authentic intelligence, the new AI by Fancified. As I introduce you to Lisa through her poem, follow and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and visit our site, drivingambition.life. Here's Lisa. Dynasty Builders. Create a new realm of existence. Imagineering a reality rooted in the essence of our true selves. Michelangelo said, every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. It is our duty to chip away at the stone in order to liberate our authentic nature, access an unbridled form of intellect, an intellect of sheer genius, because it is anchored to authenticity. Think different. Dynasty builders create a new realm of existence. Fancy pie. Lisa, I'm so excited to have you come on the show for season two. Welcome. Thank you so very much for having me. Fancy Fight is in the building, the virtual building that is. There we go. We've known each other for five plus years and what had happened was I had just what moved happened from- What happened was. What happened was <laughs> I had just moved from Toronto to New York at the time. This was like January of 15. You had started, we had both started at LinkedIn in the Empire State Building. We sat in the same area. Yep. And this is such an honor for me to have you. You've always been such an inspirational person to me and to many people. So for this to finally happen and this to kind of be where we're at now and where we're going, super rewarding experience. Well, I mean, this is legacy, right? Like you put the ambition in Adrian. So, and Adrian puts the ambition in everything. So it's only right that we come together and um, catch up on where we've been, where we are and where we're going. So I'm equally honored and I'm equally excited. And I'm just so proud of you for what you've created. And if you guys heard my poem in the beginning, you know, this is about dynasty building and it's not about just our generation, but generations to come. So let's get it. Let's go. There's so much for us to get into. We'll definitely get into the Dynasty Builders aspect and everyone I'm sure is going to play back that poem later on. For starters, some might not know who you are. So for those that don't know who <laughs> sure you are. I'm sure a lot of people don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but for they're going to learn today. Right. <laughs> they will. They will. They're going to save. They're going to they're gonna follow. So who is, for their edification, who is Lisa Fancified Francoeur? Ooh, that's a loaded statement. Um, but you know what, though? I, I will say that I have been very deliberate with respect to um, outlining who I am and, and what I stand for. And so I'll lead with my vision is to scale empowerment globally. My mission is to help people harness the power of positivity, authenticity, 
and unity to create new and favorable possibilities for themselves and others. And my values are to uplift, empower, inspire, and unite. And those uh, boundaries, if you will, those, those parameters, those guidelines have been the foundation upon which I am building my dynasty. And I feel like I was at, I, would, I don't want to say the starting point, but part of that kind of foundational experience where you had started Fancified Fridays within the office. So for those that don't know, like, is that where you kind of started cultivating this passion and gaining that clarity or where was that point for you? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I would say that, you know, I started my career as a fashion stylist and um, check me out on IG and you guys will see why. Um, I own Fancified unilaterally. Uh, we could talk about intellectual property later, but um, I certainly trademarked it. And I highly encourage you all to, to explore that path if you have any IP or you're developing IP, IP being intellectual property. Um, but I had founded Fancified years ago and I had initially launched with the intention of um, helping people dress in a manner that made them feel most empowered. And it was very, you know, it was external facing, right? Like, how do you dress? How are you presenting yourself? Um, how are you carrying yourself and so forth? And, and that was really cool. You know, I, I think that your body is your, is your canvas and it's a form of creative expression. I am not a painter. I am not a sculptor, but you best believe that I, I, I slay or shall I say, I fan, you know, I get fancy fun. Um, but you know, that to me was, was, a starting point that when I landed at LinkedIn, I just felt like it was an inflection point in that I saw a need and I, I, I saw, a, a, you know, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. And so when I came to LinkedIn, I noticed that at the end of the week, like people were just not in, in the best of spirits. They weren't feeling like as enthusiastic and weren't as energetic as they were in the beginning of the week when they had come off the weekend. And I saw this pattern. And so I said to myself, I want to do something about it. And that was really, I would say, the, the, the genesis in Fancy Five Fridays, for sure, which is a positivity empowerment um, program. It, was a, a, it started out as a lunch. And I would have people come together in a no negativity zone where they had to share something positive on a personal or professional front. I invited them to share a challenge and then the action step to overcome that challenge. And that got me thinking about how to operationalize empowerment. This framework developed a structure that enabled people to really um, lean in to, to how do you harness empowerment in a constructive, actionable way. And so, yeah, I mean, I will credit my experience and time at LinkedIn for helping me um, crystallize the, the concept of moving from the external to the internal. And as I had attended and you kind of turned, because we sat so close to each other, you would turn your chair and be like, oh, you, you should come to this. <laughs> I and was recruiting I, you, man. Come yeah. on now. You're not we the should... only one with ambition. <laughs> When you did that, I wasn't um, skeptical. I was so open to it because having, you know, spent so many hours working within your vicinity, seeing your grind, seeing your hustle, 
you know, to me, it was an easy yes. And then once I exposed myself and opened myself to that environment and how it was so well received, you were really creating a movement. It was psychologically safe. There was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of positivity. And for context, in 15, you know, that was a really, that was a tough year. I mean, we were working our tails off during that year to make ends mm-hmm. meet from a professional corporate America standpoint. And so yeah. I credit you for uh, helping myself and many others that I know uh, not just you know persevere, but also thrive in that period of time. I think that there's a distinction between um, survival and thrival, what I call thrival. <laughs> and you know, for me, like I really want, when I think about my legacy and I think about what I contributed to the world and we will dive into how that parlays into authentic intelligence. Um, but when I think about those things, it makes me think deeply about who am I being in relation to those that I encounter. And I had, I had had for some time this, like, I don't know, um, commitment, you know, I, I had this, I was devoted to leaving people better off after they encountered me than prior to. And, you know, in working in such close proximity to greatness, you know, like I could see how hard you were grinding and you do put, you know, the, the, the ambition and Adrian ambition, like that is something that is so true to form. And I think it is an example of the personification of authentic intelligence, which we will dive into deeper. But essentially what I'm, where I'm going with this is that I really wanted to contribute to uplifting people. And I wanted to create a safe space where folks could come together to not just commiserate over their, their issues and their problems, but how do we transform problems to uh, growth opportunities and really shift people's paradigms and give them tools and access to, to other folks and a community that they could, you know, take off that, that armor, you know, be be comfortable in being vulnerable. There's power in vulnerability. So I, I wanted to orchestrate a very um, vulnerable, centric environment where folks could talk about, you know, what got them, ha- you know, made them excited, what they, what they had to be grateful for, and let that vibe kind of, you know, permeate the, the entire experience of what it meant to attend a Fancy Five Fridays and, create that bond amongst us because we were all indexing on positivity, authenticity as a means to be the catalyst in our transformation. Yeah. And, you know, I think speaking of thrival and speaking of comfortable and vulnerability, we connected over a month ago and a lot has happened (laughs) since then. But what I will say, that was the day after you had, uh, guest spoke at the Transform Her event. It was the day after and what was a a, a very heavy week, uh, one of many. Uh, but one of the things that piqued my interest out of many things that we discussed, but you had brought up the concept to me of authentic intelligence and you've made mention of it. It's certainly one of the core themes of this episode. The way in which you describe it is that it is a new AI and it's a mental model and specifically it's a course that you offer uh, designed to unlock genius through what you call human software engineering. So let's break this down for the listeners. 
What is authentic <laughs> intelligence and why is it important? Yeah, that's a, um, I'm asking myself that, right? Like, <laughs> what is authentic intelligence? So, you know, what I started to see was, you know, if you want to be successful, you study success, right? And the people that I saw that contributed to humanity, that contributed to society, when you think about people like, you know, Steve Jobs or a, you know, um, um, an Elon Musk, you know, or a, 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 a Beyonce, you know, I'm, I'm highlighting people who have at their core shared with the world who they are and shared in a way that was so unique. It gave us the gift of their, 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 their genius. You know, like when you think about someone who has done the due diligence and introspected and have, has turned within themselves. I have a saying, it's like, you have to lose yourself within yourself to find yourself. And, you know, when you are able to dive deep into the essence of who you are and gain clarity as to what your, your values are, you know, what, what, you know, your vision for the world that you want to live in and the world you want to create for others, the, 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 the genius within you, you start to tap into the genius within you as unique as your genetic makeup. Adrian, there are 7.8 billion people in this world. 7.8 billion people and not one single person has the exact same genetic makeup. Hmm. That got me thinking, if we all have a unique genetic makeup, why or how could we not also have something of value to offer that only we could deliver. And that concept of our unique gifts, our unique value got me thinking about authenticity. And then it made me realize that when you can connect your, your, your values and you can connect your, your, your vision, your mission, your purpose, when you add all those things up, that authenticity unlocks an intelligence and a brilliance and a genius within you. And that by definition is the new AI. So how does one start to tap into that from a practical sense? What are perhaps some of the questions that one can ask themselves along that journey, especially given everything that's going on in the world now? First of all, you gotta um, get my ebook and then you have to um, enroll in my e-learning curriculum. And I give speeches about this. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug. Um, no, but this is, this is a very, uh, this is a very um, lifelong pursuit, right? The pursuit of like being authentically intelligent is a lifelong pursuit because you're gonna see that as you mature and as you evolve your, your, um, proclivities, your inclinations, there might be some variations there. So I just want to preface with what I'm about to say with you are going, you, you, we're all evolving. You know, the person that you were at 10 is not the person that you are at 20 
at 30 and, and so forth. There may be consistencies, but that growth tends to open up our perspectives as to, you know, what we want to contribute, um, perhaps our, our purpose, um, how our purpose ties into our professional paths and so forth. And that was why I started to think about the notion of human software engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Because to, to answer your question around how do, how do you begin the process of unpacking, you know, who you are at your core? Well, a strategy that I've developed is likening ourselves to what I call human software engineers. And our minds are an operating system. And the reason why I'm suggesting that we take this approach is because engineers, you know, they are objectively assessing how a program is performing. They're, they're, they're synthesizing data to determine, you know, opportunities to upgrade. And so, instead of asking the question of what should I be asking myself, it's as a human software engineer, if I'm evaluating my, my thoughts, my, 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 what I like, you know, uh, where my, my passions lie, if I'm looking at those categories and I'm factoring them in as data sets, mm. I'm able to start gaining insights related to those data sets that help me learn about myself. And it is only through the process of self-discovery, self-awareness, can we start to um, extrapolate who we truly are. And so I'm trying to also take some of the emotion Mm. out of the process because our emotions are very fickle you know in the span of a few minutes you can go from like you know bawling crying just like boo hoo hoo to like happiness and joy right and just like elation so i say that to say emotions are not necessarily the best indicator of the reality that mm. we're living in and so by being a human software engineer what i'm encouraging people to do is to help them build the muscle of objectively assessing themselves so that things like criticizing oneself or thinking that where I'm at, maybe in relation to others, isn't where I'm supposed to be. This is an exercise in you acquainting yourself with you. This is a mental model that helps you identify what I am, who I am, where do I want to go, when do I want to go there, how do I want to get there? So that, 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 even, that sequence as well is a great way to start, um, you know, dry, drilling down to who you are because a lot of the, the, you know, the society that we live in, we're often told who we are, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're told that we should like this brand. We're told that we should wear this makeup. If you're, you know, um, you know, a female, we're told that we should wear this cologne. If you're a male, we're marketed a lot of products and services. And also there are, you know, influencers and celebrities and whatnot that 
excuse me, we're, we're encouraged to emulate. But see, I, I, I think that the, um, you know, I, I think that like, I think it was, Hen was it Henry Ford who said that the, um, God, there's a quote from Henry Ford. It's something to the effect of like, you know, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Like, in other words, like, be who you are. Like, that's the gift that you came to give the world. And I'm going to circle back to your unique genetic makeup. If you need a reference point around why that statement is true, know that you have, there's no one that has your fingerprint. So if you're able to embrace that concept, then you have an opportunity to also say, well, if I have the only, you know, if I have a unique genetic makeup, if I have a unique fingerprint, then what's the value that I came to bring? What's my unique value proposition? And that's another question, if you will, that you can ask yourselves. But I want to encourage people to start to explore. If they were a human software engineer and your mindset was an operating system, right? what are the thoughts, what are the beliefs that help you determine what you feel you came to contribute and also where your limitations lie? And this is, again, why I'm trying to remove the emotion out of the situation, because when you're objectively evaluating yourself and you notice that some of the, the thoughts that you have about what's possible are limited, we want to help people transcend that limited perspective and upgrade, if you will, their operating system. And so we even draw a parallel to artificial intelligence yeah. in that artificial intelligence is in a perpetual state of optimization. It's learning from its experiences and applying those learnings to help upgrade the system. And that's the gift that I want to give the world. Absolutely. And inherently there are flaws. There are biases that are also programmed in. And I want to codify how important this is and the challenges that we all face. And specifically, for example, in corporate America, if we think, and I'm using your programming example in corporate america there's a lot of people you hear a lot of self-talk or a lot of um resistance when you hear sentences or, or comments like oh i'm very different at work than who i am at home and so when you hear things like that and you you know we all do that there's so much energy that is exerted in your nine to five and why is it that there's so much less stress or you're much more relaxed or perhaps you're more in a flow you're more creative you're more joyous outside of work and so i could see how this especially at a time when we're in a pandemic when we're not physically going to the office per se i could see how this would be it's not just timely but this is you know when i think of the pursuit of happiness when i think of us realizing our true selves you know, this really resonates with me when I internalize it. And I think everybody is on a journey necessarily, you know, while not necessarily along the same trajectory or the same foray, the same passions, but this could, I could see how this unlocks genius because you are effectively addressing the core beliefs, providing some reflection and objectivity, and then allowing for folks to look at their self-image, look at their self-concept, review it, and align themselves to their core to then manifest and to then represent that 
through either a physical or a mental form to then create. Does that, how does that sound? I mean, is that, how, is, how does my internalization of that sound? Is that accurate? Because that's certainly how I'm receiving it. I think, yeah, no, I think you're getting the gist of it. And like, I'll, I, let me, let me make it ev- even more like personal, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a black female and tech. And, you know, we are grossly underrepresented and diversity in tech, there has always been an issue there because there's just, you know, so many gifted, brilliant, um, you know, people of diverse backgrounds that are not present in the industry. And, And it's like, but why? And so I'll say this, like being, you know, someone who is a double, you know, minority, um, I'm a female and I'm black. And in an environment where I look to the left of me, look to the left and I look to the right and like, I don't see anyone who looks like me. You know, that is a very difficult environment to be in, period, because you don't see other people that can necessarily relate to what it's like to be in your shoes. Mm -hmm. And so some people might assimilate, you know, some people might conform thinking that like, that's the way to, you know, the path of least resistance. And I, I get that. I, I, I see the logic in that. However, I want to challenge people to embrace their differences. I want to I challenge, and I have built this curriculum and tailored it to diverse professionals in tech because I want for you to be okay with bringing your full self to work because that's where the genius lies. Your brilliance lies in your individuality. And when you get clarity of purpose, when you know what your vision, your mission, your values are on a personal level, you're going to be able to have those, um, you know, those that as your foundation and that will keep you grounded so that even though you may not look like anyone else, you know that you have a unique value to bring. You've got a unique perspective to bring, and that's something to be celebrated. I'm not saying that this is easy. What I'm saying is that the world needs you to be you. And so you use the word codify. I love that because that's exactly what I'm striving to do at Fancify with this notion of authentic intelligence being the like, you know, are, you know, uh, uh, offering a, um, a structure around how when we're functioning from a space of authenticity, we can access our genius, we can access the brilliance within us. And that's why they hired you, right? They didn't hire you because you were so and so and so and so and so and so. So remember to index on that, that, that those unique characteristics and apply them to what you do in your role, apply them to how you interact with your colleagues and your, your leadership, and also see if there are synergies. You know, when you clearly define who you are from a vision, mission, value standpoint, when you're thinking about the organizations that you want to work at, make sure that there's alignment there. You know, when I came to LinkedIn, I pulled up and I was like, yo, I'm fancy five. Like, and I had the chutzpah to do that because I knew that LinkedIn was an environment that embraced 
that type of, you know, that, that, that type of, um, not just charisma, uh, but, but that value set, right? Like there was yeah. a lot of overlap, like, you know, um, I'm trying to think, uh, transformation, humor, integrity, results. These are values that LinkedIn has that also play into, you know, fancified, right? Because I'm all about upliftment. I'm about empowerment, you know, and seeing those um, synergies is what helped assure me or reassure me that I could be my authentic self and I could thrive in that type of organization. And I never compromised the integrity of who I was. You've been, you've been so consistent. This absolutely resonates. I think there's so much value in gaining clarity over your values. I think this, this podcast would not have existed if not for me creating the space to evaluate and really pressure test what matters to me from a value standpoint and want to dedicate and, and invest energy into that. For those listening, you talk about mission, vision, values, and it, it sounds as though this is certainly part of your course, but what are just some practical, easy things that some folks can consider outside of them, you know, Googling mission, vision, values, and then trying to internalize it? How would you kind of recommend or encourage people to just get started thinking about this? If you were the director in the movie of your life, what would you be doing? What would you, what would your, what would your character, um, what would the main character do? Where would they live? What kind of work would they do? What kind of, um, you know, what, what kind of family structure would you have? Really think about painting, not even painting, but the reason why I'm encouraging people to think of themselves as like the director in the movie of their life in this context is because you get to say what the main character is doing, what, what, who the other characters are. Is it, is it, you know, you're the, the, I don't know, the, the, the CEO of a company in the movie of your life. Are you running on the beach in the movie of your life? Are you, you know, walking the red carpet at con in the movie of your life? I really want for people to exercise their imagination in a way where they start to identify what are the things that I like? What are the things that bring me joy? Who am I with when I'm experiencing that? You know, what place? Is it a desert? Is it, is it, what is the environment? Is it a, a city? You know, like you really want to start to um, intentionally, again, going back to the, the, the human software engineering and why I articulate it like this is because you want to live a life by intentional design. You don't want to live a life by circumstance. And so as you start to develop your vision, your mission, and your values, you're going to want to, to be very deliberate with, okay, what do I like? You know, when I'm my happiest, what is it that I'm doing? And, and envision yourself, again, um, going back to the, the movie analogy, envision yourself doing those things, having those conversations with those people driving in that car, walking along that, you know, city or, you know, in that kind of office. Maybe you're, you're at the head of, you know, 
um, you're in a boardroom and, and you're at the head, you're the chairman or chairwoman of the board. Like you want to be super prescriptive with that. And like, I often find that, that many of us don't know what even a perfect day, let alone life looks like. Start mm. with the perfect day. What does the perfect day look like? What are you doing? Where are you? Who are you with? What are the conversations that you're having? What are the topics that you're discussing? Um, and, and I think that train of thought can help people begin to identify what they naturally care about, you know, like what, what they feel is important to them. And also, what do you want to contribute? That's another question that I want to make sure before people, um, we end this conversation, people are asking themselves, what do I want to offer? You know, like I talked about a unique value proposition. What do I want to contribute? You know, I hate to, to be morbid, but I think the pandemic has also um, forced a lot of us to get, you know, acquainted with our mortality. You know, I also think that the civil unrest that we're seeing and, you know, black people being killed senselessly for no reason over and over and over again is causing our society to be confronted by the inequalities, the inequities and so forth. So now that we see this all in our face, right? What are we gonna do about it? Who do I wanna be in relation to what's going on around me so that I can serve, so that I can help solve? That's my challenge to your community, Adrian. How do I contribute to a solution? How do I contribute to enhancing people's lives? When I leave this earth, what will people say about me? which is another question that we can ask themselves to help get clarity around what my vision is, what my mission is, and what values I hold near and dear, because that will give you guidelines to live that will help you endure almost anything that life throws at you. Unbelievable. And there's so many aspects that we could touch on there. I think a couple components that are worth echoing is you said you are the director, not you are an actor. It is your movie. You are the director of your own movie. And I think there's a time and a place, of course, to be an actor in someone else's movie. But, you know, we are through this conversation really imploring people to take a second and actually think about that. I think that's so powerful. Jeez. Uh, so we... <laughs> Speaking of exploration or self-exploration, just to kind of turn the attention towards a little bit about what you've been doing. You've been in the lab cooking over this kind of period of time, and there has been some new things, some new endeavors towards the growth of yourself and the fancified community that you've built, cultivated, and, and certainly others have, have championed, um, myself being one of them. What is in the lab? What's cooking and what's next for you? Yeah, so I want to make sure that, so I walk the talk, right? Like one thing I want to say is that I don't ever suggest, recommend, or, you know, tell people to do anything that I'm not doing, right? And, and seeing success, quite frankly, you know, like I have had to um, reinvent myself, you know, a number of times. I feel like I'm, I don't know if you remember Madonna, but like Madonna, like one of the things that she was known for was like, every time she would release a new album, it was like a different person, like legit. 
She, mm-hmm. she would have a different sound. She would have a different look. She would have like, you know, different, you know, dance choreography, just everything. And I thought, you know, I, I really um, respected that about her, how she was able to just continuously uh, push the envelope around, around who, who, who she is and, and, and how she presented herself. But I said it to say, like, you know, there are consistencies. Like, although I continue to reinvent myself, there are consistencies that, that I'm able to um, keep within the structure. And that's why I was talking about, you know, a, a vision of scaling empowerment globally. And, and, you know, you've known me for over five years and there's been, I've never veered, you know, off that, that, that track. Right. So a lot of what I've been thinking about recently has been, well, if I call myself scaling empowerment globally, how is it that we're in the midst of a pandemic, there's civil unrest, we are more polarized here in the United States than, you know, arguably ever. How, how am I honoring my vision of scaling empowerment globally? And that really got me thinking, Adrian, like, I want to be very intentional about the life that I lead. And, you know, with that intentionality, it started to make me think, well, what can I do to, I guess, operationalize empowerment? And then that train of thought got me thinking about, well, if I were to write like, you know, an ebook, nothing heavy, maybe 15, 30 pages, but just to provide a framework for, for people to wet their palate around authentic intelligence, because mm-hmm. I want to empower people to empower themselves, to empower those around them. And if there's anything that's going to infect us, let it be empowerment, okay? Let it be positivity. Let it be love. That is the extent and happiness and joy. Let virtues be infectious. So that got me thinking, well, how do I commoditize this this idea of scaling empowerment globally? So I began um, with the ebook, and then that got me like, if, if people and organizations, right? Because I think that organizations now too are, are looking for ways to empower their employees, especially underrepresented communities. And that got me to develop, you know, my, my, the course that I'm building right now. And I'm, I'm going to be speaking. I've been a motivational speaker for some time. I'm a resilience um, and empowerment, you know, expert. And um, I've spoken at a number of conferences from like Microsoft's Women's Leadership Conference. We talked about LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, speaking at DoorDash in, in August at their Women's Leadership Conference, where I will officially debut Authentic Intelligence, the new AI. And again, I'm focusing on underrepresented communities because, you know, marginalization is a real thing. You know, like we're, women and people of color are still getting paid pennies to the dollar in comparison to white males. And mm-hmm. that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the facts. So it's like, with that, what can we do to close that gap? Well, this is why authentic intelligence is so important and doubling down on who you are at your core, being intentional about who you say you are and honoring that, right? Like, if you ask people about me, one thing that more often than not, you will hear about me is fancified is inspiration. I won the inspiration award on LinkedIn. If you go on any social media platform, you'll see inspiration comes up a lot. I not only made that declaration, but I lived that designation. I walked the talk. 
And so more of the same, Adrian, more of the same, continuing to lead by example, continuing to build out my intellectual property, to develop courses and curriculums and give talks, have conversations like we're having right now. I'll be providing group um, coaching in the next um, few months and I'll be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, but the whole idea is to impress upon people when you are functioning from a space of authenticity, that is how you unlock your genius. And that is the legacy that I hope you wish to give and leave. <laughs> Absolutely. Not surprising in terms of the trajectory. One of the things that we had touched on when we caught up as well was uh, a hobby of yours that involves poetry and for many who listen to this podcast, you were able to hear a glimpse into Lisa's Dynasty Builders poem. And so for our listeners, can you tease out what you mean by Dynasty Builders? Yeah, well, first let me say that, you know, the pandemic, I'm an extroverted extrovert and, you know, if you can't see me, know that like I'm popping off, you know, like I'm always like, bouncing off the walls and like i love people so you know being isolated and and in isolation has been quite frank you know quite candidly very challenging for me it's been like a very um confronting um experience in that i'm so accustomed i was so accustomed to being around people all the time and just you know infusing them with energy and just like amplifying you know the the energy in the room and all that good stuff and that just hasn't been the case given the social distancing and the lack of gatherings and so forth and mm -hmm. so, excuse me and, and i wanted to just con contextualize the the poetry writing because what it inspired me to do was you know how do i turn a negative into a positive well i started to um think about getting my thoughts out and it just started to like take the form of poetry. And I remember when I wrote the Dynasty Builder um, poem, it, it was like, okay, so, you know, the world where we are right now isn't, isn't God willing what it's gonna be in the next, you know, few years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. And it's like, you know, again, God willing, I hope that, you know, I can, I can live to, you know, see the next hundred years. Um, but it got me thinking about like, well, if I were to die tomorrow, or if I were to die a hundred years from now, what will people say about me when I'm gone? Mm. And what will they say I gave them? And that really made me think like, hold up, I need to do what I can do to not just scale empowerment globally in this lifetime, but how do I immortalize that? Which is also too why I'm building out these, you know, um, these products so that people can access them forever. You know, this isn't, this is something that will like exceed, you know, my, my, my lifetime. And I, I just want for people to think about, well, when you're no longer here, what did you leave behind? That's also too why the notion of authentic intelligence, I hope frees you, liberates you from thinking that you need to live up to anyone else's expectations. What authentic intelligence is designed to give you this new operating system, this new mindset is you are the gift. So how do you disseminate that gift? And how from a legacy standpoint, 
will that lead to changing the lives of those that you've interacted with? Whether it be your siblings, whether it be your spouse, whether it be your, your, your kids, your grandkids, your colleagues, and so forth. You want to make sure that in living a life of intentional design, when you think about what you're contributing, you're thinking about how it's going to impact people beyond your presence. Such a gem. And for me, I'm a bit weird, but for, for me, I actually listened to that poem dynasty builders every day for i think it was five days and i had it on repeat some mornings and what i did was i actually journaled you know what words triggered me and what it meant to me so thank you for blessing me with that and then blessing our listeners uh, with what started to be a voice message and is now a, a podcast opening monologue so god bless you no, I mean, listen, um, uh, game recognizes game, right? Like, not to sound cliche, but, uh, you know, okay, and this is another kind of cliche thing to say, but so, so on point. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And, you know, I think that for the people that are listening to this, obviously you and I, Adrian, like, we're, we, we all vibrate at, uh, at, a, at the same frequency. And, you know, the reason why Dynasty Builders, I think, resonates with folks like us is because we're not just thinking about today and tomorrow. You know, we're thinking about lifetimes. And, you know, a lot of times folks talk about transgenerational wealth. Well, wealth isn't always dollars and cents. Wealth is like mental wealth and well-being. You know, wealth is like being, you know, having peace. That is something that I wish the entire world i wish a wave of peace would come over the entire world i wish a wave of health and well-being would come you know would, would come um over the entire world and so because that's important to me i'm doing what i can to contribute to that world that i want to live in that's an example of dynasty building Speaking of Wave, Lisa, how can people support you and find you in support of this Wave? Yeah, so um, you know, I'm I'm uh, you can find me on all social media platforms, Fancyfied, F A N C Y F I E D. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Lisa Francoeur. Uh, I would love if you have interest in me coming to your organization, talking about how authentic intelligence can empower your employees to not just be great in their role, but be great, period. You know, a lot of organizations in, in, in tech um, specifically are making a point to invest in, you know, Black-owned businesses. I am that, you know, like I am someone who's been in tech for 10 plus years, who has climbed the ranks, and I want to continue to um, support employee empowerment programs for organizations in tech. And so if you're in the, the DNI world and you want to chat with me, um, by all means, um, but also too, like if you want to just learn more about human software engineering and how to upgrade your operating system and the parallels, AI, authentic intelligence, um, parallels to um, artificial intelligence and perpetual optimization and all that good stuff. Like, let's talk, you know, I think that 
there are strength in numbers and being the change that you want to see in the world ideally attracts other people who want to be a part of that change. And I think that's why you, Adrian, as a dynasty builder and your listeners, I hope that my message resonates with them and they'll want to continue to keep the conversation flowing. I really appreciate Yeah. Amen. I really, I I really appreciate Lisa, how clear and concise you are with your audience and your call to action. I think that many can serve that or see that as an example for how they could potentially communicate as well. Uh, Absolutely remarkable and impressive to leave off. What does the word ambition mean to you, Lisa? What does the word ambition mean to me? Um, you've got to go where you've never gone to, to, um, to get to where you've never been. And what I mean by that is I think ambition is, you know, pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. You know, I used to, I used to say, well, I guess I still say, but get, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, the growth lies in the discomfort, right? When you're starting to feel that resistance, when you're starting to feel that, you know, um, this is, you know, uncharted territory, that's a good thing, you know, and ambition can can push you forward, you know, and, and you need ambition if you want to, um, if you want to excel, if you want to advance. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in a professional context. It's mm-hmm. great to have ambition and climb the corporate ladder in that regard, but it's also great to have ambition around, I want to live healthy. You know, I want to institute healthy practices like meditation and yoga and, you know, juicing, which I'm doing right now. This is an example of ambitiousness because I've never gone on a three day juice cleanse and I'm like, oh damn, I'm I'm really doing this. And so that's an example of how health and wellness how ambition can be applied to health and wellness. But again, Adrian, I will just say like to go to where you've never gone, you've got to be willing you know, to do what you've never done and willing to be who you've never been. Hmm. So that's a life. That's a, that's a life worth living to me. So well said, Lisa, understatement. So thankful that you were able to join uh, this particular podcast and really excited for our listeners and myself specifically to see you know not just where how far you've come but where you're going and you know i really hope that the listeners really internalize the messages that we shared throughout this action-packed episode and thank you so much for being part of the driving ambition podcast thank you for having me i am honored i'm so proud to see how you continue to personify ambition adrian you continue to push the envelope and apply your you know, creativity, your imagination to such noble uh, pursuits to help other people share the knowledge. And I'm excited to see where you go. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to be brought back on the show and you know, a year from now or whatever. And um, you know, I applaud you and, and all the accolades in the world for being who you are. I know how hard you grind and I love to see your star continue to rise.